season two of the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting podcast. You can attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-5208-0640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Michelle H. was recorded on July 6th, 2023. I'm Michelle, and I am becoming my own loving parent. I'm, at least I'm trying to do that right now. And um, God, I'm going to just take a breath. I'm going to try to slow down and calm down. And I may start crying, so that, that's always a good thing. Because that uh, really tells me that um, I'm in touch with myself. So, so just to kind of break my ice here a little bit. Um, it's hot here, and it's been a lot of wind, and my internet connection's been spotty ever since I got on, got home this afternoon. So I was like, oh, great. So I, I just didn't even want to even try to get stressed out about it. it's like okay what's what, what what's my next choice to do and it's go on my phone well my phone's connected to the internet and I'm like turn the internet you know the the internet connection off and here we are so you know that's huge for me to go from <laughs> zero to 60 back to a calm zero would have never been do I would have been flying off the handle a lot worse so um so a little bit about my process about how I how I got to this moment to share because I feel like it'll help me calm down. It'll help um, hopefully uh, another person out there know that you're not alone. So Dottie, wherever you are, Dottie, in this I only get eight people on my phone. So uh, asked or, or I think I offered to or I filled out the paperwork and and then we had gotten to know each other a little bit and she asked and I was like, huh. Well, okay. All right. Let's do that. So that was what February, March. <laughs> Tell somebody they're sharing February and March for a July share. I'm going to be all over the place. And I was for a while. And I started to um, try to be aware that I just need to show up. And that's really the only thing I need to do is show up and be Michelle, myself. Um, I, I have listened recently to a couple of people who I may or may not be on the meeting. I don't know. And their shares were just, um, just themselves. You know, I, I have, I just got to do this just to, as a, is it's a funny thing, but it's not, it's like, I'm not okay. I need to have my books around. I need to have everything. It's like a safety thing. It's like, well, in case I don't know what to say, I can grab a book. You know, I instantly feel better when I buy a book and there's, there's, there's some stories behind this. And I realized as I was grabbing the books, <laughs> what came to me was, I want you to know that I, I, I know stuff <laughs> and it's just, I don't need to prove anything to anybody anymore. Um, so it's just been really interesting to watch myself. And there's a, a meme that I have where it talks about, you know, I have to repeat, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, a lack, uh, just to repeat an old behavior over and over. And it sometimes is in the back of my mind. 
and I'm just reinforcing that. And then there's times when I know I'm doing that, but I'm, it's in the forefront of my mind. And that's when I'm healing it because I'm more aware and in tune with myself. So how that helps me feel, feel a little bit calmer. So the way I, I, I feel that helps uh, have some uh, structure is uh, what I was like, what happened to me and what I'm like now, my experience, strength and hope. And how did I get to ACA? Um, what brought me to ACA was the end of a 20 plus year relationship with my partner. And it was not based on a healthy foundational premise of, of two people loving each other and wanting to, you know, help each other grow. It was it was based on will you love me will you take care of me will you pay for my stuff i don't know how to be an adult that's what i was doing i did not know that at the time hindsight revealed it all now that was just the camels that's the little straw that relationship ending was a bittersweet blessing in my life. I sit here today and I feel grateful. I am not living the way I was as I was in that relationship any longer. And I am better for it. My partner is better for it. There's nobody's right or wrong. It just was. And the other thing that I realized about this, there was a little bit of an aha moment this week with a friend, a fellow traveler, where they were saying, you know, that must have really sucked. I'm like, yeah, but you know, this is really, and I minimized, I realized I was minimizing still a part of that relationship that it was sad because there was lots of things that happened in there. That codependency was just running rampant. But if I wasn't, I mean, that was just, that was just, a. I can't, I can't say it enough. I, I wasn't saying it then. I was like dying when it was all going down. I felt like, like it says in our literature, it feels like you lost a limb. And there was no way coming back from it. You were just dying. I was dying emotionally, spiritually, everything it was just. And what was happening is in that death, I was being reborn. I didn't know it at the time. It didn't certainly feel like it. Because my heart was just like blown away. And it wasn't just from that relationship, because what it did is it opened the door for all of the ACA stuff that I pushed away, put on the side, buried, didn't put light on. It's all of it. So, with that, I'll give you a little background. Um, geez, I wonder if you think if I came from an alcoholic family or dysfunction. Yes, I did. And I did. My father was, um, he was the alcoholic. My mother was a classic codependent Italian. And I know if you're, if anybody's Italian, you know, the Italian culture is all about martyrdom. You know, it was, that's how she lived her life. That's, I mean, she was a caretaker too. I mean, she had a big family, brothers and all of that. All of this stuff came to light when I did what, excuse me, the F in yellow book is what we used to call it when my little, my little group, we got together, we called it the F in yellow book. 
we really loved it, even though it was painful to go through. Anyway, um, so I have uh, I have a few pictures of myself when I was like three. And as I was going through the yellow book and the laundry list trait workbook, uh, I was able to find, I was able to actually become aware of my first memory. I used to think my first memory was five years old and it was fear. It was actually three years old and it was tension. It was amazing that I could remember and felt that. And it was with my sister. I was in a grocery cart. Well, actually the first part was she was putting me into the car. And I just remember tension and, uh, you know, and what was happening was alcoholism was running rampant. Drama was in my, my family history with my mother's side. My father's side was all about alcohol. So, um, so three, then five years old, I knew something was not quite right. I didn't know what was happening. I just know that the, I had a feeling of fear and the unknowing, the fear of the unknown, what was happening, what was going to happen next. Uh, my mom and dad were fighting. I remember the door slammed, somebody left. My brother and I, were, we shared a room at the time and I was crying and he was holding me. Nothing happened to me physically. It's just that I heard all of this. This is all hearing things. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> just went on with my life five years old. Okay. Now I got a picture here. I want to just flash it um, because this is kind of how I feel right now. It's, it's, and I, and I talked to her, she's eight years old in this picture and she's got, you know, she's cute. <laughs> she really is cute, but, and she's okay if I giggle because of the shirt, but her face, her expression on her face is just classic. You know, it's like, okay, I'm here, you know? And that's kind of how I feel. It's like, all right, I'm here. And, um, but that's during a time to, uh, I, I am aware of my, my parts, my little, my little inner family. Um, as some of you know, some of it, you know, my five-year-old, like she likes, she likes to be called happy camper because five, six, seven, eight years old, that's when she used to go to camp and it was where she felt love. It's where she felt took, taken care of because, you know, it was structured, you know, there was lunch, you know, there was playtime, there's, you know, people were paying attention to her. They were saying really nice things like, yeah, way to go, Michelle, dodgeball, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, okay. You know, at home, I wasn't getting that. Um, I was getting tension. <laughs> I was feeling tension. Um, I, my parents were older. So I was born in 65. My mother was 43 years old when she had me. My father was 50 something or 40, 48, something like that. So I used to think I was an oops baby for a while on and off throughout my life. I thought, cause I didn't feel like I was really being paid attention to. So the most of my, my feelings are all about abandonment emotional neglect. I was not physically uh, or sexually abused in any way. Um, emotional and verbally were, were the primaries in my growing up. And I've had some recent 
acceptances around those because I used to think, and that's where the minimization comes in a little bit. Well, you had it worse. These other people have had all this stuff happen to them. How could, you know, I'm, you know, my stuff is nothing compared to somebody else. And in comparison will, will delay my growth and it will delay my feelings and it will delay me becoming my own loving parent. And this shit takes time. <laughs> and I'm also in another recovery program. Um, I've, I've been sober since 1987 and I've been in 12 steps for that long. And um, yeah, I just lost my thought. Anyway, moving on. I'm a Gemini. Follow along. So, okay. Five years old. The, the abandonment really, the piece there that's really strong is when I was 12 years old. My brother left for the Air Force. He was leaving me, I thought, I felt, with my parents alone. And um, I was really mad at him. He left me. He did. He left me. <laughs> That's what I felt at that time. So here I am, just this lonely kid. I can really get in touch with that, too. This lonely kid growing up and around, I, I was a very, I was an old soul. I am an old soul. I just, I grew up way too fast. You know, 12 years old, I'm outside playing. I don't know if you can ever do that. Picture this, playing soccer by yourself. You're the goalie and the forward. You know how you can, that's really a hard thing to do. You kick the ball and you got to run and go get it. That's what I used to do outside by myself. You know, and I, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm really getting in touch with some of this stuff again. Um, so lots of arguing my mother, uh, oh my God, it was just, it was just really awful. You know, I, the trust, the boundaries, there were no boundaries. Like my father was a controlling way. He was very controlling, had to have everything in his, in its place. Uh, my brother and I are very similar in that. I've lightened up a lot. Everything does not have to be in its place anymore. And, um, God, so, you know, that's, doesn't seem like much, but it was the verbal abuse was just, you never going to amount to anything. I don't even know if those are words that really came out of his mouth anymore. I can't remember. It's so long ago for me. Um, I know that I was not supported in my, I wanted to go to art school. And I know that somewhere in this conversation of it, there was some unsupportive verbiage where it wasn't a good enough career or something or whatever. So I didn't go. Uh, I ended up becoming a PE teacher. And <clears throat> I was a confused kid too. You know, uh, teens, I didn't know about what being gay was or is at that time. I knew I had really confusing, conflicting feelings. Um, I felt different. I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. Um, but I was, uh, I was friends with everybody. I, I was the nice one and I could be friends with everybody. I was, I could, I, I could dance with anybody. I mean, <sighs> I was a great chameleon, <laughs> you know, 
I can conform and contort. I wasn't a great gymnast, but I could teach you gymnasts. But I conformed and twisted myself up so you would love me and like me and not leave me and always be my friend. 247, fast friends, excitement, addicted to excitement. Oh my God. Yes, of course. I used, you know, I was naturally high excitement. Now, when I got into my short four years of using and abusing alcohol and also drugs, I was also very, I very much liked cocaine. <laughs> so if you can imagine my excitement and then put me on cocaine and not understanding why people would want to squelch that energy, I just wanted to be so up so I didn't feel anything. And that's why I did that. That's why I drank was to um, disassociate from what I was feeling and so on and so forth. So, you know, I only abused in, uh, alcohol and drugs for about four years. And within those four years, I ended up in places where no young woman should have been. Um, I believe my higher power was with me because the, there's like three incidences that I'm thinking about. <laughs> I, I, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. That's all I need to say, really. And it didn't matter. So, so then I got sober. And I got sober as a result of my first female relationship breaking up. They broke up with me and I could not deal with all the emotions. Didn't know I had no, I had no tools. <laughs> How do I deal with all my emotions? What do I do with all these emotions? I feel upset, angry. I didn't even know if they were angry. I just knew I was like so. I I felt like Sybil then. Probably didn't know that I partially was like Sybil, but I was, you know, all over the place. Um, I had no tools of how to regulate. Didn't know what that word meant anyway. So. My sobriety in 1987, um, you know, as I started my journey into recovery um, of Alcoholics Anonymous, which I am grateful for the steps. I'm very grateful, but I had to, but, but my, my head, my ears heard my father yelling at me. <laughs> I, I can't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I'm not doing it right. I need to do the steps and. You need to go and do service. I just, I twisted everything I was hearing. My ACA was out. I didn't know it. Um, and back then I did go to ACA, a couple meetings, but they had no literature, no structure at the time. So it was very scary and unsafe and like, oh my God, this is way too much. So I didn't continue. Um, so I don't know where I'm at time-wise, but um, so that's basically Kind of like what happened to me. Um, God, the voice is on. It's like, see, it's not that much. It's not that bad. It's on. Turbo is talking. Turbo is my critical parent. And what she's saying, it's like, you know, what are you saying? And I'm like, I'm really trying to like, uh, I didn't think this was going to happen. This is weird. Um, anyway, I'll just keep going on. Just say, you can go to your room. Bye. <laughs> you know. So anyway, um, 
you know, so I got sober, I did the steps and then eight years of sobriety, I really feel like I was um, having another bottom in terms of relationships because I was going, I, alcohol and drugs were not a part of it. Now I'm in the relationships. I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. I was a little bit of a hussy, you know, I was looking for people and I got people and, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's do this action first before I get to know you. You know, it's, I had it in reverse, you know, have sex first and get to know you later. And, I, you know, fast friends and excitement. And it was just all was not, I had really no criteria to be friends with people. My criteria at the time was this one girl. Her name was Michelle. Why not be my friend? <laughs> Got the same name as me. Can't hurt. Well, she was really out there. Anyway, again, an example of no, no structure, no tools. So the relationship that got me to AA was that first woman that um, she broke up with me. And again, with all those feelings, I didn't know what to do with. Got into AA eight years later, another bottom. And I found uh, someone had said to me, you know, you might want to consider getting, going through the steps again, or for the first time, because I hadn't gone through them to see, I was going to AA to be social. Hey, I got some new friends, man. This feels kind of good. You know, not drinking, not drugging, having fun. Of course, at 22 years old, I probably wasn't feeling 22. I was probably 12, 13, 14. So I got this sponsor and we kind of did a four step around relationships. That sponsor then became very, a very close friend. You know, we started having friendship, felt more like friendship. Well, then her mother died and she was going to move to Arizona. And I felt, oh, you can't leave. <laughs> I became attached and I confused my atten the attention I was receiving with love. Now, this is in hindsight. I did not know that I was doing this at the time. That sponsor became my partner of 19 years. That's the person I became and you know so we moved out here to Arizona now meanwhile my parents were what's going on with them what's happening there is is my father my mother left my father separately but she finally had enough gumption to stand up for herself at 70 something years old and say I'm not going to live this way anymore and she lived separately they didn't get divorced or anything but they lived in separate places my father died in 99 and we had some letters but uh, go back and forth. I feel like I was carrying that bundle that's talked about in the red book, you know, all of that stuff that really wasn't mine. So I feel like there's been healing around that um, with my father, especially going through the yellow book and the laundry list trait book. Um, my mother died um, about 10 years ago. So I'm an orphan. I gotta tell you, when it happened, it was really strange to feel you both parents being dead. It's a very strange feeling. And it was, a, it was a bittersweet. And here comes my, you know, I feel good. I'm like, oh my God, I'm feeling guilty for thinking that way, you know? Um, but it was, uh, it was a freeing moment. A few moments actually, when that happened finally. So, oh, I'm all a little bit all over here. Um, anyway. 
So I got to ACA. I'm just going to go right to it. And I can only say that the promises have, have, have and are continuing to come true for me. A lot of hard work. What does that look like? People say, I love it when people, a lot of hard work. What does that mean? What does that look like? I need something to see. You know, it's like, what's the hard work? It means having conversations with people, <laughs> speaking up for myself, even hard conversations with people in the rooms. You know, it's like, I don't want another codependent relationship with an ACA. <laughs> That's just, it's, it's, it, it's, so I really am starting to see that, you know, I get to choose. I can change my mind. I can speak up, you know, so the promises we will discover our real identities by loving and accepting ourselves. We will discover our real identities. It's still happening for me, you know, and there's somewhere in the literature, I don't know where, but it says, if you look in the ACA for the quick fix, it's it's and that's what I, I did. It's like, oh, if I get this book, if I read that book, if I do that step, if I do this, I'm gonna feel better for the rest of my life. I'm gonna be all Ta-da! and I read that sentence over and over and over again. Like, this is the long haul, you know, and but there's hope here. And I feel like at the moment there's um there's another shift happening in my recovery and it's, I'm 58 years old and I want, I've never in Tony A's workbook, there's a part where somewhere in the back of it, it says something about, and it really struck my attention. I was like, Oh my God, am I doing this? I wanted, it's, it's a chat. It's a part where it says drifting and not focusing on personal problems. But the sentence is, Define and take responsibility for your problems with a concerted effort. <laughs> How many people are scared of that sentence? <laughs> you know, I just, a lot of the words I never really enjoyed was discipline, responsibility, concerted effort. Um, I didn't, I wanted everything, you know, don't you know my life sucked? I wanted everything done for me. I didn't think I had any part in it until I got to ACA. And I started to feel my feelings and feel sad for that little five-year-old, the little 12-year-old teen M and the young adult who are now hanging on my wall in collage form from five to young adult. And, you know, um, I still have pain, you know, and it comes out slow, but I know it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't overtake me anymore. Um, you know, I feel like I'm all right. Anyway, stop that. Okay. <laughs> you get to see all sides of me tonight. See? Um, so I, I, I'm jumping over to a little bit of like, career now because it's like you know for me ACA it's like what is it all about you know living my life okay being an adult becoming a loving parent that means okay I have to live somewhere I have to pay bills but they have money um there's a god in there somewhere 
and my God is in here. And my God is now my intuitive voice, which is the is my inner family. My inner family guides me. So when I have a feeling, it's not bad. It's not wrong. If I'm judging you, it's about me. They're saying, hey, we don't like this person. We don't have to be around them. Stop being around them. But I'm like, well, we got to be nice. I'm like, no, no. Pay attention. Slow down. Breathe. What's happening? Pause. I don't know if you know this acronym. Uh, yeah, I just lost it. Please use, uh, please always use spiritual energy, something like that. Anyways, it's, it's taking a moment to pause and get in touch with my higher power and my kids. It's like, okay, who's talking? If I just pause and just, you know, and it takes time. And, and again, in our literature, the literature is key. If I don't read, I don't know. If I'm not in a group that talks about literature, I don't know. If I don't go to a meeting, I don't know shit. Um, but it does talk about where if I don't, if my kids don't feel safe with me, my adult, they're not going to come out. So I have to take small baby steps, you know, make a promise, those small little promises. Okay, we'll get ice cream later. <laughs> Go get the ice cream. You know, um, if they want two ice creams, I have to have a little talk with them because it's like, no, because the milk and the ice cream will not make mom's tummy. Okay. So, you know what I mean? So my work today is about having, having and discerning between boundaries and when I'm needing to be loving. I have a really hard time with that. Because I will tend to lean on, I don't want to do anything. And I'm 58 and I have my own career. I have a job. I have responsibilities. And they sometimes will lean. I lean a little bit over there. Thankfully, I'm my own boss because I have my own business that I kind of can do that. But I still sometimes have a hard time distinguishing, like, am I okay to do this? Okay, how much money do I have to bank? You know, it's like all that kind of stuff that. Uh, still 15 minutes. Okay. Thank you. That's awesome. I was wondering where I was in all of this. So 15 minutes left. What do I want to share? Now that y'all got a little spattering of me. Um, so I started coming to a couple of these, I guess I'm going to kind of jump over to um, choice having choice and it I guess that it's still kind of coupling with what I just got through saying is that knowing the difference between um not letting this disease overtake me in my life I am powerless yes I am powerless over the effects of alcoholism dysfunction but I'm also powerless over my own and that my own gets in the way of my life and I'm tired of it. So um, I have a really hard time, like that assertiveness sometimes will feel like I'm being mean, but I'm not being mean. It's assertive. Okay, kids, you get to do this today. <laughs> I guess more firmer boundaries. I don't know. I'm having a hard time even talking about it because it's like it feels wrong, but it doesn't. It's necessary. 
this is what a loving parent will do. It's like, I know you don't like me right now, <laughs> but we can't have the ice cream today. You know, I'm just making that as an example, but you know, I need to be able to say that's, that it's not okay right now. You know, I need to go do this job. So you guys get your coloring books and hang out in the car. I'll put the air on and you just hang out, you know, or I need to go do this. I've had spontaneous, now I've jumped over to somewhere else. I've had spontaneous crying. Okay. Trader Joe's frozen food section spontaneously just started crying. I don't know what was going on at the time. And I just know that I could feel it. It was like a powerful one coming on. And I'm like, okay, um, okay, but let's get, the, let's get our groceries. And I'm talking to myself. I'm like, okay, it's all right. We're okay. Talking to myself and let's get through the cashier line and we'll get to the car and you guys can just, you know, have at it. And that's what I did, you know, and it was all right. And I don't always have to know what's going on. Um, I want to fix it, make it right, make it quick. And um, that's, that's not the solution for me. It's not the solution for me. Um, because it, it, again, it just falls into my, I, I, you know, it, it, that will reinforce the, I don't want to feel. And all through our literature, it's all, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of going through the loving parent book by myself a little bit. Um, Cause I just have wanted to find a group that's already started. I'd rather probably start one and go through it with some people, you know, but, um, but I'm on the feeling section. You know, it's in the middle of the book. And I was like, everything's highlighted again. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess I didn't know that. You know, um, you know, being in the solution involves taking responsibility for your own life. There we go again. I still have anger about that. But that's what it is. I have feelings about me needing to be responsible for my life. Why? Because I didn't get what I needed when I was a kid. Okay, I'm not making that excuse, I'm not blaming anybody. I still have feelings about that I had to do that. I want, I want, I just want sometimes my life to be a little easier. It is easy. I'm the one that sometimes will make it harder for myself. I do. And I know that I do because I know me. So it's, it's using the tools of the programs. Like, okay, am I, what, what am I, am I, am I being, I was telling somebody about this a minute ago. It's like, what are my distractions? And I said, people, <laughs> well, geez, now what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, I have to have integration with people. So um, I get to choose who I want to be around, you know, and that's okay if I don't want to be around certain people. It doesn't mean I'm a mean person. It doesn't mean I don't care. I do. I just don't want to be around your stuff, you know, and I don't know. How, how do you do that? You know, especially with another ACA. You know, if I'm just, I need to take care of me. And if sometimes there's some days where that person's stuff might be too much for me. And thankfully, I know what, I know my other friends on here and she, she helped me with this one area. She's Michelle, I'm saturated. I'm like, oh yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. And I mean, it was the greatest thing to hear because it was like, she was taking care of herself and I got to say, oh yeah, you know. I need to also 
be aware of other people, but it was a wonderful exchange. There was no, you know, well, what do you mean? You're saturated. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've done that. I would do it quietly. You wouldn't see it on my face at all. But thankfully, I don't have to do that today. I can be grateful. And I totally was grateful for that because it's helped me in a lot of my other areas of my uh, relationships with people. <sighs> so, yeah. So last thing I guess I'll touch base on is um, I spoke about this a little bit because I realized I've gotten in touch with um, family of choice topic kind of thing. You know, it's like people would say, oh, it's my family choice, my family choice. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah what's that mean? You know, and I'm like, what are you really? Because I'm still working on trusting people when they say things, you know, do they really mean that? Or are you just saying, say, hey, let's go get a coffee. <laughs> you never heard from the person again. You know, hey, we should do this sometime. Do you really mean that? It's like when people say, how are you? Do you really want to know? Because I will tell you. And then if they go away, then I feel shitty because you really didn't want to know. You just said that to be nice. That See, that's that's stuff that just twists up my head. I don't know about you. I have to check in. If someone wants to check in with me, I have to be ready to do that. That's the gift. I have to be present in the here and now. Not back where I was there, or not too far forward. Because if I'm not in the present and you're sharing with me, I'm not being available for you. And you deserve that just as much as I do. All this is so hard work. I'm exhausted talking about it, but I'm grateful. Because I see my, I got a few of my friends on the square here and they're laughing and I'm like, I'm loving that, you know, because that is the other part of our stuff. It's like with gentleness and humor, compassion and love and respect. Never had that before. And I still have hard times speaking up, especially if someone I care about and I want to say something I'm like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. But I'm like, it's not about hurting their feelings. It's just about growth. And then they may get hurt and they may get disappointed. And you know what? They may take some space. But if they're friends of mine, I feel like if that was to happen, they would let me know they'd come back to talk more about it. You know, they're not gone forever. You know, it's like, I just need a little to process, you know, and that's, that's the key for me. That's what I need to know. It's like, can we have an adult conversation and know that you can take space and come back? Because that's big for me. That's huge. Huge. So family of choice. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's coming closer to my heart more than it ever has before. And, uh, you know, I have my brother still alive and he's, he, he's down, he's older than me and he's a, he's a big dude. He's like six something. I want to, I just, part of me wants to say, he's a big baby. I do. I just wanted to, he's a big baby, you know, and I, I had a little falling out with him, but through the ACA, I was able to repair my side and know exactly what happened. It was, it wasn't about him. It was about, I heard my father's voice in him and I reacted and I said, F you and hung up the phone. Yeah, that was really a tough one, but we, we, we have repaired it as much as we can. It still feels like it got shoved under the rug a little bit. Like we don't talk about that. Um, yeah. So my family choice is here now. And I think with that, I want to say thank you for letting me share. Thank you for listening to me. 